I've got three important things I want to say to you this morning, and it's uh, not to give you a hype today. Uh, what is going on today is, is to prepare you with a strategy to win this year. Uh, because truly, you know, God, if I don't, if I don't learn something, grow something, come up, step up, jump up, <laughs> some way, some way I've got to change for God to be able to change for me. Because truly each one of us receive into our own, our own life what we're capable of receiving at the moment. And that's the truth of it. That each one of us, the battles that are continually in our life, that's because possibly somewhere that we've allowed them to be there. So we got to grow. That's why every service, man, we're looking at growing. Every, every time we have opportunity. And I tell you, this past week was glorious, wasn't it? Man, and you know, and that was, <clears throat> David and Mihai, they mainly lean on two gifts. Uh, one gift is gift of healing that David leans on and because he has that so operative in his life. And Mihai especially has that prophetic gift that she leans on, David too, but at the same time. But those two gifts of the Spirit. If we're going to win supernatural battles, we've got to have supernatural weapons. I mean, we just got to know that. And so what that means, you know, there's 27 of them available in the New Testament. So, and and we, we saw the operation of two of them through this week, and there's 27 available. And there's nine power gifts that's given to us for every time we meet. And so, and there was so many things. So everybody's going to say, I want to be a prophet. Man, somebody needs to be a miracle worker. Somebody needs to be a, a, a person that gains the spiritual knowledge. I mean, there's so many wonderful, powerful gifts. And you, could you think what we did with two gifts operating this past week, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had 27 of them operating? Can you imagine what kind of powerful church? And so I say that to say this, the Bible gives the command, and the command is to desire spiritual gifts. That's what it says. It says desire. Now, you, now most of the time, we, we operate like other churches operate. Uh, but that's not what God has set for our, us in our lives. God has given us an example of a supernatural church. That's why the book of Acts is so full of supernatural works. And the reason it grew like it did, and the reason it can minister the way it did in such power, because they leaned on the super spiritual, or they leaned on the supernatural. They leaned on that side. And we've got a choice in all of our lives where we can lean on the natural. We're just going to get a few natural things. Or we can lean on the spiritual, and then we can get untold things. Wonderful things that God has prepared for those that love Him. The Bible says that are revealed to us by His Spirit. So what I'm saying is this: men desire something that we're not. I mean, get a get a get a hold. Uh, do Bible study. Uh, go into a course some way to study the 27 supernatural gifts that God offers us. And the Bible says for us to desire them and not only to desire them, but we're to have access to them because we're to covet the best gifts. That means for me to covet the best one, I have to have opportunity at more than one. And so what God is saying is God wants to give his supernatural, especially nine gifts of the Spirit, but God wants to spread out to the operation of a whole church with 27 supernatural gifts to where that this, this the church of Jesus Christ is no longer dependent on the wisdom of man. 
But the church of Jesus Christ is just totally dependent upon the power of God. Times are changing. This, this is a new world we're in. I mean, there's the threat of what's happening over in the Far East, of the threat, what's happening with Russia, the threat. I mean, we're in the last days. If you, if you don't know that, then you just need to get around somebody that is somewhat uh, understand Bible prophecy. Because, man, what is happening now was foretold thousands of years ago. It could only be happening... It, the only way that these things have come together across this world is for God to prophesy it, speak it into existence, and then work with it, bringing it to pass. There, we're living in the last days. I'm here to tell you, the Bible tells me that when I see certain things come to pass, it tells me quit gazing what the world is doing and start gazing what He is doing to look up for my redemption is drawing nigh. So, God's got to get us ready. So, in doing that, then the Lord tells us some various things to do. Now, the book of Isaiah, it's so wonderful how the Bible does in seasons. In the book of Isaiah, the Bible says to take my swords and to beat them into plowshares. To, to make them into instruments of planting, instruments of peace. But now, that's during the millennial reign. That is that period of time that that he's talking about is the period of time where Jesus will be on earth ruling for a thousand years. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap if you're looking forward to that. But now, the exact opposite of that is spoken in the book of Joel. Uh, the book of Joel, it tells me to take my plowshares and to beat them into swords. Because it's a different season. And the book of Joel deals with the last days prior to Jesus coming back. So what the Lord is telling me, there's going to be a time that I'm going to need those instruments of peace when Jesus has set up rule on planet earth. But what he's telling me, now I need a sword in my hand. I need something to fight with. I need something to defeat the devil with. I need something, amen, to uh, walk with. And so it's just really being able to understand those things. So in Joel chapter 3, if you have your Bibles with you, in Joel chapter 3, verse 9, now we're going to talk about three strategies that I can put into my life to help my prayers become effective. Three strategies that I can put into my life that will help my prayers become more effective. All right, Joel chapter 3, verse 9, notice what it says. Proclaim this among the nations. So what I just told you, the Bible tells me to tell you. But not only does the Bible tell me to tell you that, the Bible tells you to tell everybody that. It says, proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. That's what it says. That's what I'm supposed to be telling. Prepare for war. Somebody says, I want an easy chair. I want, uh, what's the easy chair? What's the, uh, the what? Yeah, what's the kind of recliner? Lazy boy. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said, give me a lazy boy. And God said, no lazy boys for you. But, Prepare for war. Now, there's a reflection of what's happening in the natural is only mirroring what's happening in the spiritual. I'm here to tell you, there's more going on you can't see than what you can see. I'm just here to tell you, there's more happening that you can't.
can't see than what you can see. So if you're seeing a lot, that means there's a lot happening in the realm of the spiritual. Because what's going on in the physical world is mirroring what's happening in the spiritual world. So what you see that's taking place in this war, in this world war zone now, the war zone with, uh, Russia, the Ukraine, all of that that's happening. No, there's something really, really happening in the arena of the spiritual that that is just mirroring. Wait, what it says. So I'm supposed to be proclaiming, prepare for war. <laughs> that's what God, stir up the mighty warriors is what I said. No, what that was. Stir up the mighty warriors. Let them approach and come up, God said. Wow, to be a warrior, you gotta do what? Gotta come up. To be a, to be a warrior for Jesus, you gotta come up. To be a warrior for God, you gotta come up. It's not a demotion, but it's a promotion with the Lord. Somebody said, I don't know what to do. I'm just tired of battle. Well, I'm gonna tell you what. I believe with all of my heart as a believer, we've got to learn to enjoy battle. Now I had this real, I had a real good friend of mine that was in the Vietnam War. And Bill, he was a, number, a real good friend of mine for years. And he loved war. I mean, during the Vietnam War, he was there. Every time he'd come home, he, he volunteered for nine hitches there. He'd come home, I'd get to visit with Bill for a little bit, and he'd be right back. Because he literally came to a place to where he loved war. Now, I'm not telling you to love physical war. But I am telling you, as a believer, you've got to learn to love spiritual war. Because you're going to be involved in spiritual warfare until Jesus comes. Until Jesus comes, you're going to have to learn to take that weapon and fight back the devil. You're going to have to learn to enjoy that. That is a way of life. A warrior is a way of life. And it's a way of learning. Like my friend Bill. You'll learn to enjoy. I remember Bill used to come to church here. And, and, and Bill, and he was, he was so precious. But, and, and he was such a peace-loving guy. I couldn't imagine how much he loved going into war. Because in his nature, he wasn't like that at all. But something, he geared his mind up to where warfare became so enjoyable to him. I'm here to tell you, we've got to gear up our mind. The Bible says we've got to gird up the loins of our mind. We've got to begin to allow some change to take place. If we're going to survive, but not only survive, if we're going to thrive during the last day, it's going to take some change that only God can bring into our lives. And so we're going to have to be willing to do that. No, so let's keep on reading. It says, let them approach and come up. So God said, come up, come up. I want to teach you to be a warrior. Come up, come up. I want to help you be a warrior. Uh, people didn't understand. Lane mentioned a little bit about COVID. Uh, people didn't understand. I, I was extremely hard on our leaders here at the church during COVID. I mean, I, I did not ask them. I demanded them. Although it, it, it didn't come to a demand in any kind of way because the leaders here are always so good. But I asked our leaders about wearing masks. I'm simply about wearing masks. Because there was something so much bigger that was at work. Now, if you're a regular church member here, I, I tell you, as far as the natural, I, I, I don't care what side of the political end you're on. Wherever God's faith is working your life, praise God. But if you're a leader here, it's different. Because what I found out that I hate COVID. You know why COVID? Because COVID was built to be a weapon. 
It was built to be a weapon, and it's, and it's got the, all the signs of a weapon. It's, every time a shot would go off with COVID, it would go back by two people and just hit one person and take them out. Now, you, you may have not have stood with any people that was dying during COVID. I, I did. And, it's, and I, I hated it. And so I found out that what it is, is that COVID preys on the weak and the vulnerable. That, that, that's why, that's, that's why it would, they, when he was shoot, shot, it would go by two and hit the third one, or go by two and hit the fourth one. I mean, I mean, it, it would, it, it, I hated that. And it would pick out somebody vulnerable, and usually they didn't know they were vulnerable. I, I mean, my dear sister Kathy, that, that one of the greatest blessings of this church that God's ever given to us, and now she's with the Lord. And, she didn't realize that that vulnerability was in her life. And that was the thing I hate. And the thing that I demanded for as leaders was this. The compassion for the weak and the vulnerable is important to me. Because now COVID, we believe, is almost over. But the weak and the vulnerable are not over. And if you're a leader here, if you don't have compassion on the weak and the vulnerable... You won't work with me. You won't. I feel sorry for you because you become part of those that need ministry too. Instead of those that can minister. See, I don't care. You know, Paul said, I became all things to all men. Paul said, you don't eat pork? I'm at your house. I'm not going to eat pork. You, you, you don't eat pork? Do eat pork? I become all things to all men. Because, my, because when we become mature in the Lord... That we quit pleasing ourselves. And we began to please somebody else to help them. And the thing that was so important to me with leaders during whole COVID situation, the thing that I watched first of all, because I knew that there was, God was testing us all the time to see of our care for the weak and the vulnerable. And so, and to be able to love them. Because see, I know this. A gift of healing will heal at times. The gift of faith will bring healing any time there's faith. But compassion heals them all. That's what the New Testament says. The faith that comes out of compassion heals them all. So the reason it was an important issue with me as far as leaders is because of that. Because I didn't want to lose. I want you standing beside me. And I want to know that you're having compassion on the weak and the vulnerable. Because this week it may be COVID, but next week it may be different types of issues that we're dealing with. Though so it's caring about people is what it's all about. All right, now, so the Bible said to be a soldier, what you got to do? Somebody tell me. You got to come up. Come up. To, to be a soldier, to be a warrior, you gotta come up. Praise God. Amen. And so, what does it say do? Oh, I said, let them approach and come up. And all the men of war approach. And all the men. But notice what the next verse says. The next verse is so good. Next verse says this. Hammer your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Train even your weaklings to be warriors. Wow. That is this season that we're in. That is now. 
It's not a question. If we're going to survive, we've got to be a warrior. I mean, simply, I mean, let's leave the thoughts of COVID because now we're, we're going on to other things. Because that's, that thing, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to survive in the last days, I'm going to have to learn how to war. Somebody stand up and shout war to the top of your voice, will you? War! This is a year of war. I know you've been looking for the year of lazy boy. <laughs> I know you've been looking for the, of the, for the year of just kind of being able to pull the covers up over your head and stop. But this is the year of war. The greatest prophets I know across this world are telling us that. The greatest prophets in this world, they're calling forth. And all through David and Mihai's message that they continued to give us was that message of war. Because God is calling us into a more severe rankings of warfare. But I tell you what, you got a war to win. And I like winning. And if war is the price to pay to be able to win, let's war so we can win. Can you say amen? We are ready for the glory of the Lord. All right, now it says, it says, let your weaklings, it says, train your weaklings to be warriors. So this morning, I, I, you know, I don't think, I don't, I can't see a person here that I would consider a weakling. But if you are, if a weakling, if a weakling, they used to, I used to like, uh, 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 science fiction, and they call them changelings. But if you're a weakling and you came here and look like a changeling, then God's going to help you. Amen. And maybe this morning you feel like you are so weak that you can't. But God's going to help you. Because the thing about a warrior is a warrior knows his strength is in the Lord. Amen. 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 Judy, I tell you what. If I watched anybody walk through this season strong, it was you. You and that husband beside you and that little bitty boy sitting there beside you on the other side. It's been a huge year and a half of loss. You have both, all three of you have faced such loss. But I'm going to tell you what, you won, girl. You won. Because you faced it like a warrior. And now our little Melissa, I call her my little Melissa. Because that's the way I remember her. Today she is with the Lord. And I tell you what, she's not missing a thing that this world has. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So in the process of it, there's, there's three quick things i got to tell you. Uh, there's three different things. The first thing is this. You've got to always recognize that there is a resistance. Anything that God's promised you, anything that God wants to give you, anything that purpose, any door that God's going to open for you, any opportunity God has for you, it's going to be resisted. You've got to know that. The devil hates you. And there are reasons that God allows the resistance. Because the resistance trains me as that warrior to step up to a greater height. That warrior, by, as I'm able to handle the resistance, if I'm able to realize, man, the devil's not going to be... So if you're here and you're looking for everybody to like you, you got in the wrong club, honey. Because that's not this club. 
And if you're, if you're looking for the, the acceptance with the world, you've gotten the wrong group. Because there's going to be a resistance. And the enemy is going to pull at every weakness that he has previously put into your life. He's going to pull at every weakness to try to discourage you to the point to where you'll pull over on the side of the road and park. Because if you're going to win during this season, you're going to have to be a warrior. And you're going to have to be willing to come up to win. Praise God. Now, I don't have time this morning. There's so many scriptures that relate to this. The New Testament is full. Everybody say full. The New Testament is full of scriptures that tells us that we can't expect the resistance from the devil. That's what he is. That's what he does. That's what his existence is. He comes in opposition to what God wants to do or what God has for you in your life. So you've just got to know that. and You've got to learn to experience resistance and don't let it be a shock to you. If God's called you to do something, guess who's going to show up at your door next? If God wants to give you something, guess who's going to try to end up stealing everything that you have? If God's promised you something, guess who's going to try to take everything away from you that you already previously have? You've got to know there is a resistance. There is a resistance of the enemy. Amen? But I tell you what, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. All right, there's one scripture, or there's, or there's one little passage I want you to learn from this, to know there is resistance. If you would uh, bring up for me Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. It's real important for these three verses to become your verses during this next season. During this coming of the Lord, during, until Jesus comes. It's real important for this. Now it says, put on the full armor of God. Now, let me tell you where, where this is located. This is located in the Holy of Holies of the New Testament. That's what the book of Ephesians is. John is the Holy of Holies for the Gospels. And then when it comes to the New Testament, then you find that the book of Ephesians, then book of Ephesians speaks things that only soldiers that have stepped up can understand. I tell you, the book of Ephesians is not for a weak brother or a weak sister. The book of Ephesians is for a person that's want to wholeheartedly serve the Lord. Do we have anybody this morning that wants to wholeheartedly serve the Lord? Amen. Well, that's what the book of Ephesians is for. All right, right in there he said, Put on the full armor of God, that ye may be able to stand. See what it says? That ye be able to stand. Firm. Again, somebody say firm. How do I stand? Firm. Because the devil is going to resist me. Because the devil is going to resist me, I've got to be able to stand firm against his schemes. Whatever that he's trying to do against me, God wants to bless me to be able to stand firm against his strategies. All right, now, for our struggle. Now, you need to circle, if, you have, if you're writing your Bible... Or if you've got just one for show, you don't want to. So, but if you write in your Bible, you need to circle that word struggle. Because that means fight to the death. That's what that word means. That means struggle means fight to the death. For we fight to the death. There are certain things in our life that's worth dying for. And that's what this scripture says. There are certain things in our life that's worth dying for. For we struggle 
Our, our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. My struggle is not with you. Some of you may think your struggle's with me, but ha ha ha, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's really not. It's really not. I'm not your, I'm not your, I'm not your problem. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness. It's against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, where are those, where are those wickedness? Where are the forces of darkness? They're in the heavenly places. Now, I thought, I thought good things in heaven. Didn't you? Somebody said, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go to that heaven. Right? Somebody said, I want to go to heaven, but don't want to go to that heaven. Don't want to go to that heaven. And that's why in the book of Genesis where it says, then God created the uh, heavens, S, H-A-V-N-S, and the earth, earth singular. Because I don't want to go to that heaven. That's the wrong heaven. Because, man, I don't want to live with those things I've been having to fight all my life. Hey, do you? All right, so, so wait a second. All right, so there's, there's three battlefields that we have if we're going to be able to handle the resistance right. Three battlefields. The first battlefield is the battlefield of my flesh, man. I must learn to overcome this flesh. I, somebody say, I've got to overcome it. I've got to overcome this flesh. I must overcome this flesh. Now, that flesh, I'm going to tell you what, some of you think you've got some pretty flesh. I can tell that because you put makeup on it all the time. Or some of you think you've got some good kind of flesh. You can tell because you're petting it with just the right thing to eat all the time. But no flesh is good. Your flesh is rotten just like my flesh. It doesn't want to do. It wants to pull me off track. It don't want me to follow a line. It don't want me to align myself with spiritual leaders. It don't, doesn't want me to align myself with the Word. Man, the flesh is stinking all the time. So what I must over, everybody say, I must overcome the flesh. I must not allow my flesh, my desires to sway what I'm doing. I must not allow my desires to sway what I think. I must not allow it because every one of us have these desires of the flesh and they oppose, the Bible says, oppose the will of God. The second thing is we must overcome the world. If I'm going to resist, I've got, I got to know what I've got to resist. Got to resist the world. The world with its opinions and with its values. The world is constantly trying to get us excel, accept things that the Word of God tells me not to accept. And during this last day, it's going to be a far greater pressure to do that. It's going to try to get you to accept things and accept ways of life and accept uh, 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 ways of thinking. And you've just got to determine the way of truth is right. I may be an old fogey, but I'm going to continue to believe what the Word of God says. If the Word of God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Can you say amen? So we've got to be... Now, but, uh, but this is hard. Because the world is constantly valuing, uh, devaluing us. They're trying to constantly... And if I'm trying to gain favor with the world, let me tell you, honey, that's going to be a rough road to travel because... The world is going to hate you. Do you understand? 
There are people that don't like me that I honestly can't understand it. I'm sweet and I'm kind. And I, and I, I don't see why everybody wouldn't love me. <laughs> but but you got to understand, the world is not going to love you. The world is not going to love you. The world is not. Now, God will give you supernatural favor. But it will be a spirit. You will still be able to stand on your values. If you're having to compromise what you believe, that's not supernatural favor. The supernatural favor is where you're able to continue to stand on what you believe. Then you're able to stand for righteousness. At the same time, the world really wants to see somebody that will make a stand. Because the very world that gets you not to make a stand, then will eat you up over not making that stand. So, we've got to stand. Then third thing we must learn, we're going to resist it. We've got to overcome the devil, man. It's just the devil. That devil builds these strongholds in our lives and tries to form these things. And, and let me tell you, this devil knows how to fight you. Uh, some people say the devil's just strongholds in the mind. I don't believe that. I believe the mental strongholds are part of it, but they're only a part of it. When the devil tr- put Jesus on that cross, that was an act. And I'm going to tell you what, when the devil tries to put you on the cross... When he tries to crucify your life and crucify their purposes that God put you in on earth for. When the devil tries to oppose, there, there are things that the devil does. I remember one time I was in prayer. I'd been interceding over two people that I deeply loved. And I, I'd been interceding, I don't know, it had been a long length of time interceding prayer. And finally the Lord came through right at the brink of that. He opened up my eyes. He opened up, he, uh, let me see a vision. How many of you are thankful for dreams and visions that God can still manifest His glory? God still has a way to communicate, doesn't He? The world may tell you you're foolish, but that's okay. You go ahead and be foolish and just keep your dream, keep your visions. But I had a, a vision, and I've had, in my life, I've probably had very few, really, uh, of what you call open visions. But this one was, and in that, I saw this body of water. And I saw these two people I loved on two separate uh, land masses, not connected to each other. And what they could not see was that these that I loved, they would, they would turn away for a few moments. When they would turn away, in the midst of that water would, service, would surface what the Bible called Leviathan. It was the demonic dragon creature that was the Bible calls is demonic in the Bible. It was Job's character had to deal with that would surface. When they would, when they would turn back, it would completely go under. What the Lord was telling me, they have no understanding what they're fighting. What they're fighting is something deeper than what they can see. And the Lord put me on a battlefield for them. Put me for a time of intercession to to break the battle. Because they couldn't see the problem. But God, for some reason, had revealed that problem to me. And so it changed my whole prayer life. And then became the goal of my prayer life. Because God is still stronger than demon powers. Can you say amen? So whatever the devil is trying to do against your life, then, then you've got to realize that, that God can win. The second thing real quickly is that there, there, is, there needs to be a deeper, uh, needs to be a strategy. I'm sorry. Number one, the second thing is God wants to develop a strategy. I just, I just want to read you if I can. I've got to quit preaching and, and got to just read to get through. Okay. Daniel chapter 10. If you want to know what's happening in your life at this time, 
then you become a student of Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10 will tell you the strategy of why answers to your prayers are not coming through at this particular moment. And I believe this time will continue all through the last days. All right, Daniel chapter 10, what it says is, Daniel 10, 10, it says, Just then a hand touched me and lifted me up, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. It says, stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. What's just happened is Daniel has entered into a time of praying over something he desperately wants to answer to in his life. I don't know what it is that you may desperately want the answer to in your life. I don't know, but I guarantee you there are things in each of our lives that God has put before us as a goal for us to build. That's exactly what's happened here to Daniel. Daniel has been seeking God for 21 days. He's been praying and fasting. And he don't understand. He, he said, God, why didn't you come through for me? Well, how, come, how come this prayer has not worked out yet? God, do you still love me anymore? I can just imagine, can't you? Because I know how I imagine, how the devil plays on my... That, that God, you know, why, 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 why is this not happening to me? You know, why, Lord? I've asked you, I've asked you in faith. I've done everything I can do to stand in faith, to pray in faith. And, and Lord, it hasn't happened. And then verse 12. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. It says, since the very first day you began to pray. When did God begin to answer? The very first day. Do you know when God answers your prayer? The very first day you pray in faith. He said, Daniel, the very first day that you asked me in faith, God said, I sent that answer to you. And that's what this angel is revealing. God is telling Daniel the strategy of why his prayer has not been answered yet. For understanding and humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. Isn't that a good thing? Your request has been heard in heaven. And I have come in answer to your prayer. That's what the angel says. That I have come in answer to your prayer. Verse 13 says... But for 21 days, the spirit prince, for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. What does the devil try to do to the answer to your prayer? Well, what, what is God revealing here to us? What is the Lord showing? What, what is the devil, what's the devil trying to do to the answer to your prayer? He's trying to block the way. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Uh, I sure don't understand uh, like uh, angels and, and answers to prayers and, and how when we pray that the devil stands to block that. But, but I, the Scripture tells me that he does. And there's several places in Scripture this bears out, but this gives me the inside strategy. This lets me know what's working. That from the first day that you pray in faith, God sends the answer to that prayer. But... That prayer has got... You remember a while ago we talked about the heavenlies and said where our problem is is the, the forces of darkness that's in the heavenlies? Well, what, what the heavens that I look up and see, they declare the glory of God. Man, I look at the moon, it declares glory of God. I look at the sun, it declares glory of God. Not at the same time usually. But, but uh, look at the stars and they declare the glory of God. But the Bible says there is a heaven. There is a heavenly place that the forces of darkness rule and reign. That's what Ephesians chapter 6 tells me. And in that place, they have the power to block. Now, the Bible says that Paul revealed to us that there's a third heaven. Somebody say a third heaven. Somebody say, somebody say it again, third heaven. Uh, Paul said there's a third heaven. He said in the third heaven, there's unspeakable things heard. 
there's things there that God will say to you in that third heaven. You get a little example of those in the book of Revelation. When you hear those angels saying, holy, 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 blessed art thou. And that's what takes place in that third heaven. Now, even in the Lord's Prayer, the Bible tells me in my prayer, I am to believe that things are coming from heaven's kingdom or God's heaven to me. That's why I said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What I'm to pray is to believe God that it will come out of God's heaven to my earth. And that's what God's promised me. But in between here, in that secondly sphere, I don't understand it. The devil is called the prince and the power of the air. You may think that the devil had no power, but he has power to resist. And in his power to resist, in Daniel chapter 10, it tells me that when I ask God for something and God sends it that day, then the devil stands in that second heaven blocking it, this word scripture says, blocking it from getting through. I'm here to tell you it's important for you to continue in prayer. And it's not only important for you to continue in prayer, it's important for you to draw prayer warriors around you. Don't you try to handle life by yourself, honey. And, and, you, and you need to get a new set of friends if your friends don't know how to pray. You need to get a set of friends that love you and that know how to pray. And when devil is blocking the answers to your prayer, that they will join with you and they'll say, Devil, we're not going to give up till the breakthrough comes. We're not going to stop until breakthrough comes. You may hinder it one day. You may hinder it 10 days. You may hinder it 15 days. You may hinder it 21 days. You may hinder it six months. You may hinder it a year. But we're not going to give up until breakthrough comes into my life. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. And this is called a a deeper understanding. It's a deeper understanding of what's taking place as you pray. You're asking God. Then you can understand why God said, call the warriors, man. If you're not a warrior, you don't have any hope to get an answer to your prayer. Do you understand? Because the devil is staying against everything that God wants for you. Every beautiful thing that God wants to happen in your life. The devil, according to that scripture, he's blocking it. I don't understand how he does it. But I do know Daniel's continuous to fast and pray for 21 days. Calls Michael to come the archangel, to come and to assist the helping my prayers to break through. Amen. And the angel said, told Daniel, the only reason I'm standing here in answer to your prayer is because Michael's up here fighting. And he's still fighting. And he said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to fight with him. What that tells me is this. They're still fighting. They're still fighting to try to keep your prayer from being answered. They're still fighting to try to keep your prayer from being breakthrough. That's why it's so important. Stephen, I want to thank you so much for the worship this morning. Because what it did, every, t- every, every time that we stand and praise and worship God, it kills the angels. The Bible says in Psalms 103, 
that what causes angels to come to my assistance is when I begin to say the words that God says. And I'll be honest with you, some people only say the words that God says with God's words is in a song. But there's three things you need to add to your prayer this year that's going to make the difference in your life. The first one is decree. You need to learn that your prayer is not complete until you decree. What does that mean? There's, you take the promises of God and, and I begin to decree and say, Lord, I may not have it, may not seem to be having it, but in the name of Jesus, I believe you're healing me, God. I believe that you're delivering me. You begin to decree what God's Word says. Your prayer is not complete until you decree it. Let your, let, that's why we worship to the mountain, get to a place, and just begin to decree what God says. Because what decreeing does, the Bible says in Psalms 103, angels hearken to the voice of God's Word. When you begin to decree, something miraculously comes in your hand. When you begin to decree, a, a, a sword comes in your hand that Ephesians chapter 6 talks about. And the Bible says it's a two-edged sword. What a two-edged sword is this. It's God's voice added to your voice makes a sword complete to destroy the hand of the enemy. When God's voice, when God's word, so when you're in prayer and you begin to decree, you begin to say what God says. That's God's voice applied to your voice makes a sword for the warrior to fight with. Amen. And it gives you life. Number one is decree. The second is declare. Decreeing is what I do inside myself. I, I decree it. I say, Lord, I believe no matter what it looks like, I believe you're answering me. I believe you're helping me. But then all of a sudden, not only that decree, you know how it is. You get in prayer and, man, you start saying, oh, God, I just believe. Lord, I believe you're opening that door to the ministry for me. Lord, I just believe. I, I believe, God. I believe that you're helping me. I believe you're empowering me. All of a sudden, that decree grows to a declaration. And all of a sudden, we begin to declare it. And then the third one is proclaim it, proclamation. And proclamation means most of us lose the answers of our prayer when we walk out of prayer. Because when we walk out of prayer, we start saying, well, I don't guess God did it for me. I don't, I don't guess this can happen. But a, pro, but a proclaimer doesn't. A proclaimer walks out of prayer and begins to proclaim to people the same thing that he decreed and declared. And when you watch, and watch if what you proclaim is resounding what you decree and declare, the sword is formed and the warrior stands ready. Say, where do I go, Lord? Say, Jerry, I want to train you. Even in the midst of your weakness, I want to train you to be a soldier. I want to train you to be a warrior. I want to real quick with you, with you, with you quickly, if you're here this, this morning, you say, Jerry, I, right this time I feel, I, feel, I feel weak, but I want God to make me strong. I want God to take the weakness that I've been fighting through, the weakness that I've been trying to overcome, and, and I want God to, to build a supernatural strength in me, to help me to be a warrior. 
You know, if you're here this morning, if you, if you felt that, you know, say, I'm just too weak to be a warrior or, or I just feel like I, the weakness and, and battle fatigue will do that and, and wrong thinking about it. Lots of things can cause that. But, but this morning, if you sense it, would you quickly stand with me real quick? Would you do that? If you, if you say, Jerry, I just, I, just want, I just want the Lord to do a, a miracle. I want God to do a miracle in me to make me into strong. Now, God's fixing to do that. Because there's another word that I found in the New Testament. It's called a mighty warrior. It's not just a warrior anymore. It's a mighty warrior. A mighty warrior means the spirit of might has come upon you and made you a mighty warrior. The spirit of might that's talked about in the book of Ephesians. God comes on you by his spirit. And God does a work of grace by his spirit. <laughs> and God takes a weakness and makes it into a strength. So, Lord, right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we call forth. For the spirit of might, Lord, to come upon us, Lord. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would bring, Lord. Lord, make mighty warriors out of us, Lord. Make make mighty warriors out of us, God. Cause it to be strengthened by, by the spirit of might. Where we're not dependent upon ourselves, God. But we're dependent on your might and your power. Lord, to, to cause us to be able to swing that sword against the enemy. And, and to see victory come for the glory of God. Now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, so now, if you would, if you're standing, I want you to just say these words. Say, Father, I offer myself to you for the spirit of might to come upon me. And I ask for the spirit of might that the book of Ephesians talks about, that I be strengthened with might by your spirit in my inner person. Lord, that you would cause your strength and your power to make me into that mighty warrior. In Jesus' name, we pray. Oh, give the Lord a hand clap. Stephen, close us with a... Holy is the Lord Almighty, seated on the throne, seated on the throne, holy, high and lifted up, the presence fills the temple when we worship you, oh, we worship you. arise in us, God. And God, we say, Lord, we fight for you, not with flesh and blood, but with the, the principles that you've given us, God, and we stand firm on your word.
applying the body of armor that you've given us, God. We bless you. We love you. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. Jesus, we give you praise. Honor you today, and we love you. Come on, give God some praise today. He's worthy to be praised.